You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 10, episode 4. I'm John, I'm your host for this evening, and joined by Scott McGill. How are you doing? All right, mate, I'm rattling like a bag of old spanners and out. Two days on the drink, not very good. But we'll get there, we'll get there tonight. <laughs> yep. I think that's at the current team, to be honest. Uh, we were talking before the podcast started. I've, I'm on holiday now from work. You actually sometimes lose track of days, you're like, I, and then you, the only way you know is if you've got a podcast. That's the only reason I knew it was Monday today. Um, so we have got returning regular uh, for the first time this season, though. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, so you're good in spite of uh, football just now, eh? Aye, it's just another eventful season being a Celtic fan, isn't it? Um, it's just like Groundhog Day for last season, but it's, do you know what? It's good to watch football and see fans back in the ground and everything again. So, um, aye, it's, um, we've had some good games as well this weekend, so aye, it's good to be back. Aye, we have, aye. Um, we've got a deputant in the podcast, but he's no stranger to the podcast game. Um, Colin, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself a wee bit. We did this last week when we had some guests on. And it kind of works a bit better because when I was looking at your bio on Twitter, I could be here a while giving you the intro. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, so period fan. Um, I also do commentary for him on the in the live stream, Blue Team TV. Uh, do a bit of podcasting as well for uh, for uh, for us ourselves as well. Blue uh, Blue Team podcast. Did a bit of writing as well um, on lower league football as well. So uh, did a, a few bits and pieces. Like to keep myself busy. Oh, yeah, I know you're a busy man, certainly going by, as I said, your bio and stuff like that. Uh, before I continue, I did this last week as well. Favourite pie? May as well get right in there. Steak. Steak. Good choice. Peter, do it. Did Peter Head do a good pie? Did they do a salty pie, shall we say? A salty pie, aye. <laughs> 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 no, I'm than a salty pie, mate. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think there's a, there, there'll be a reason for that, just to get you back into the bar again. I think that's what that is. Aye, it's almost like good marketing, isn't it? Like, get a salty pie and then you need to drink more. Yeah, yeah exactly, that's what it is. For that. So, aye, football's uh, saying back. It's, it's been back for a, a few weeks because I know there's been people complaining, and maybe rightly so, focusing on if it was back, whereas obviously the likes here, Lowland League, the West of Scotland, East of Scotland, South of Scotland, etc., etc., were all back a few weeks ago. But yeah, the SPFL is back. Um, kicked off on Saturday, half one. So I'm going to get a knock. This is my first annoyance. And Rangers, McGregor, what are you doing? You didn't pry in about everybody's fantasy football team and you don't even play them. Who else had them? Anyone else have them in their team? Going to be the best to have them. Too bad for that, mate. Too bad for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just say something when you're talking about fantasy football, by the way. There's three things in life that are certain to death, taxis, and James Tavernier getting an assist. Honestly, God. <laughs> still not even got on my team. Still not even got Still not. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, obviously, Erin was getting his powers a few weeks ago for having Rangers players, and then she confessed last week to having one. Um, but yeah, there's a stats then now where you can see percentage in terms of how many folk have got players or captain folk and all that. I think about a third of folk have got Tavernier, and I think 62% captained them this week. 
<coughs> so, aye, uh, it definitely is a good choice. It, it does hurt him when Rangers players on my team, but uh, the, the team that's the beating us now. Um, I kind of, I will go back to Europe. Uh, you might not want to go back to Europe, Scott and Tony, but I mean, it needs to be done. <laughs> what did you make of the game? I, I don't know about you, Tony, but I think we're, we just look kind of slack at the back, still as usual, but we're mm. both in mid, like for middle to front, but then it brings in front of, in front of Edward now because I'm not saying he's not interested, but he's not, and I'm not saying he's not getting it 100% in the either, but it just doesn't seem as if. He's the same player as what has been before, yeah. I, I agree 100%. It's just, I think the defence is too... I wouldn't say too young, because you can have good players at a young age and, and fit in. They're just not knowledgeable. They've not had many games as a defence. Um, they're just getting flung in there. And also as well, I think, with us, um, and he, he likes to have his team pushed right up which leaves a lot at the back so if you can get like space a through ball then you see like defenders running back all the time and it, it makes us look as if we are all over the place which we are to be honest but you know, do you know, you know I, see that when, I don't know if you've noticed it but I think we're starting to like the underlapping fullbacks mm. I, I don't know what, what the idea in that is. Obviously, well, Alisson got his goal on Saturday, which we obviously talked later, but they're coming in underneath. Mm. And you're not getting the you're not getting the the whole midfielders to go and pack out their position again. You're you're leaving it short at the on the flanks, yeah. It's a Guardiola tactic for when he was in Bayern. Um, if you read the book thing we done, Ralph Honenstein done, um, Pep um, on Confidential or something, I can't remember what it's called. But if you read it, he says when Guardiola went to Bayern, he learned to bring his fullbacks into the middle. And basically it, it was a way to try and get more... Defensive midfielders in that position to protect the defence, which is all right if you're Bayern Munich. Mm. You know, when, when you're playing with Celtic, when you get Ralston and Taylor, it's, uh, it's I don't think it'll, it'll particularly work. But but in fairness, that's his way of playing. That's he's obviously used that tactic before and it's worked well for him. So that's his method. Um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe if he gets the players in that he wants and. It may work, and it may, you know, but it's hard to judge because the squad he's got. It's really hard to say anything about the tactics because the team's just basically like the second team you would think of for Celtic. But that's mm. what we're really down to. We're down to the bare bones at the minute at the back, particularly. It's just a fashionable thing, though, isn't it? The underlapping fullbacks. Could you see it? Mm. I mean, like, team. You mentioned Bayern. Obviously, Liverpool were a pretty. They sometimes do it with Alexander Arnold more so than maybe than Robertson but it's just a thing to try and dominate that midfield but as Scott says you do get massively exposed if you know what players covering mm. and especially with such a young defence I mean okay, I mean Greg it says it all when last week Greg Taylor's a most experienced defender mm-hmm. and he was considered maybe last season as no being a starter really I mean really at this minute in time this should be probably as a manager, his maybe third or fourth game friendly wise, trying to get that team built up to his way of thinking. But he's he's 
because we've been so late bringing in a manager, he's been flung right in the deep end. And it's like, here you go. We'll give you a couple of games. Good luck. And and the signs as well. Just, I mean, the amount of signs Celtic need. I don't know about you, Scott, but it's going to take at least a season for the amount of signings for them to get in, for them to gel. And you're going to have to hope that every one of these signings comes in and does a job straight away and doesn't become a bio or doesn't become, you know, like somebody in the past has vanished. You have to hope that every one of these signings does a job. You need to pay the right money as well. Mm-hmm. See, you're mentioning bio there. You look at like bio, Clamalla, you're paying like £2 million pounds players like that, see if you just put a collective into a decent player rather than hoping for a, a prospect that might not even happen. How many times has Celtic done mm. But I kept hearing what quoted we getting uh, three or four players. I think we need more than that. We need about Aye. seven or eight for our mm. squad as well. We need more than quality. We talked about it a lot, John, like last season, about the players and the, the tactics and how basically... It was loan players after loan player. And now what's happened with COVID is you can't really get the loan players in as quickly as we did a couple of years ago because everybody has to be brought in and then they have to like isolate and what have you. And what's happened is all the loan players that we've got have all gone now and we never ever replaced them with actual full-time signings. Like the goalkeeper situation was all because they wanted Foster and loan. And then they got, they got him in loan, and then they thought, oh, we'll get him, we'll, we'll keep him. And then he turned around and said, no, I don't want to be there. So then they panicked, and they ended up spending the money in Barkis. Um, last season, the two fullbacks were both loan. Um, your man, Jojo Kenny, and Laxalt, all yeah. in loan. You know, so uh, it's it's just, that, that's where the problems are like. See, in terms of that, from a, a point of view, like obviously the likes of us, any fan that's not Rangers, Celtic fans, when either of them are struggling, ideally if both of them are struggling, it's great for us. We love it. Colin, do you even uh, care about Rangers and Celtic? I'm totally not. No. Aye. You know what that's what it is, isn't it? I suppose. But maybe it's in all our teams, like we don't. I mean, I, you try and be balanced, you try and look, but. Yeah, you do love it, especially when they talk to you because you do. I mean, you see when we see you moan about stuff and oh, I've, I've no won a trophy this season. Just for a season, man. Like, we know in the Scottish Cup season, uh, things like that. League, you just think, and any chance of winning the league is why slim to none nowadays. And uh, you're maybe just picking up the odd cup here and there. It's. Uh, you guys are speaking about spending two million pounds on a player, and we can barely get a ten grand for a for a student service for the season. That's, that's again, it shows you the, the difference in the in far we're at, yeah. Not the money that you bring in the table. At the end of the day, like with, you're, you're talking about Celtic Rangers, the money you're spending, you're looking to win the trophies. You know what I mean? That you need, mm. you need to win it to justify it. You need to win something. But as that whole as we've said for so many seasons, to speculate, to accumulate Celtic board oh, be keen to do that. Why not? Like surely there must be a hit a pretty decent bank balance there. It's not as if these European dates have come up and no one knew about them. You obviously know the dates in advance. How are you getting players in and they're having to, you're having to wait to the quarantine 
and then you're throwing them straight into games whereby they're clearly not going to be match ready because they've not been training. They've been sitting in their room eating pizza and drinking beer. Uh, it's not with me. But but surely as a, a team that's that big and successful and professional, they're not run professionally off the pitch, are they? Or to an extent, they will be professional because they do. They must have a good stash of money under the bed. Aye, but I mean, you've got the manager there saying after, um, I think it was the Michelin game, saying that uh, the, the board didn't realise that the squad was our paper thin. I mean, come on, to grabs. <laughs> Seriously? I think his words were Tony that he's not been as forceful with trying to yeah. kill him. He needs to kind of force it across. I thought that was, ma- that was mental that he came out with that. And then. Yeah. Again, you're t- we're turning it a Celtic podcast here, Chris. Uh-huh. Folk will be turning off now. <laughs> no, folk will be loving it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just now. Uh, well, we're in turmoil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see the nine seasons when you were winning the league every season? Uh-huh. They were like, no, we're fed up. It was just like mm-hmm. a repeat show. Um, uh-huh. but, we, do you think you were far off, though, getting through? No, it's still Aye. margins, isn't it? It's like, like again, it's the it's level you're at. If you don't take your chances, if you give them a chance and they take it, you're kind of it. Like, that's all it is. Two, the two games, the home game, Edwards through, could have been 2 0. The away game, Forrest has a chance, could have been 2 0. Sorry, 2 1. Sorry, was it 2 1 or 2 0? 2 0 at that time. So, both games, they had the chance to like have a big lead. And they never took it, uh, and yeah, it just comes back to bite you. Aye, you're like, talking, talking about Beaton as well. See, Beaton mm. doesn't get sent off in the first leg. It's a different <laughs> game if you're playing 11 players. Uh, the man's head must be firmly up. He's, he's jacked here, yeah. <laughs> 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 I feel we'll try and match up a wee bit. Obviously, Europe's been happening, but obviously, with yourself, Colin, been on pre season. There wasn't no much of a pre-season really because obviously the League Cup starts so early. How did you feel about pre-season for Peterhead? In a funny way, I think a lot of teams um, in the lower leagues will see the League Cup as a as an extra sort of pre pre-season. They see it as four games. I think if if you look at the way that the the League Cup is structured with the the, the seeded teams, um, only one definitely gets through a group of five. It's very much set up for um, the higher. Uh, ranked teams and the way you see it with the, with the draw I think only Ross County out of the, the Premier League aren't actually through plus the, the five teams for the Championship so it's, we're very much at a disadvantage League 1 and League 2 so a lot of them see it as an extra um, extra games to, to, to build up for the, the League campaign and certainly speaking to, to Jim Jim Mark and Ali uh, during those four games that's exactly how he saw it he rotated his, his squad, he's rotated his team. Everybody got two games at least out of the four. Um, so a lot of them will, will have seen it exactly the same, just the extra four games. I see a lot of folks speak about, you know, the sponsorship. Um, are, they, are they doing it right? You know, are they letting the, 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 the league down, the league cup down? But if you're not going to get through, a lot of them will just see it as just extra games. Aye. Do you think what helps in a way, though, in terms of pre-season, at least our competitive games and not friendlies? From that point of view, aye, they are. They are I think uh, genuinely, I think that the first two would probably be seen as 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 competitive. If you're if you're not within a chance of getting through game three, and game four, they're they're dead rubbers. 
like 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 uh, Sterling last game. Neither side could get through. There's there's no point in even just sort of going all all going so because you you risk an injury then. Mm. The start of the season, so um, there is that as well. So I they're competitive to that point, um, but they're near they're near the league games, and that's the, and that's the bread and butter for League One, League Two teams. Do you prefer this version, or would you go back to the old knockouts? Under under normal circumstances, if you ask the chairman uh, and boards of League One and League Two sides, they would probably prefer this because at least they get four extra games mm. to um, to uh, home games that would give them extra income. Um, uh, there are, I mean. We've seen we've we've beaten Hertz up at Balmoor, we've beaten Dundee um, at Balmoor as well. So there are there are times where there are little bits of shocks here and there. But um, I think if you go back to the the old knockout, you're I said you're one game and actually out. Your cup competitions finished before the, the league even started, kind of thing. Um, so and I, I I definitely I know I would prefer this one. Um, there is a there is a chance that you could get through and get out of it, um, but I think uh, if you go back to the old one, uh, I think it would be it would be very preferable. I suppose it links it does link to Europe though in terms of obviously not just the fact that the the teams that qualify for Europe don't have to play in the group stages, but obviously your format that we're used to now in Europe, whereby it is group stage predominantly to kick off, apart from the qualifiers, and I mean Tony. I'm guessing Colin, you're maybe kind of silly, just does. It's got to be a bit younger. But I remember, like, when it was just knockout in Europe, mm. and I think most people, I think, would want that back. I think. Mm. I, don't, I don't know about you, I get bored of the Champions League. And yeah. Yeah, I suppose I'd be different if I believe in it, right? Let's face it, I would be excited and all that. But you do watch it and you do see, and I suppose it's a bit maybe unlike Scottish football, as you see the same teams playing the same teams all the time. Mm. Was it last season or the season before? They done that in the Champions League because of COVID, remember? And they done like it was like a, a one game instead of the two legs, and it was so much better. The games were so much better compared to having the home and away. Um, and I think because of that, this is why they're getting rid. They've got rid of the away goals. I think to try and make them more exciting. That that's what I, I don't know. But again, reverting back to Celtic, I felt like on Thursday night, Mitchland actually had to come out and play. Within mm. the way goal there. See if they're the way goal there, they're probably trying to sit in. Mm. It'll be detrimental to them in the long run. But it's probably been better that they have came out and attacked through the game. Without the way goals being there, I think it's quite a good idea to get rid of it. Aye, away goals, aye, definitely. I, I do think that they need to look at uh, what you were saying about the Champions League because the format is getting boring now. I mean, it's, it's that way. You kind of know at least one team will qualify definitely um, and it's the same teams all the time that, that, that's what the problem is especially when you've got half of the teams for four leagues you, you know, you kind of know where you're, you're going to get, there's no real surprises it's not like back in the day when you know you never really seen much of foreign football and you, you see a team in the telly, you go oh, wow this is amazing or this is great I think you see that much of them now it's, no, it's it's definitely not the same. I probably would try and make the champ champions group. I don't know. I don't know how you, I don't know how you would do it now. 
because I was thinking actually about maybe doing it what they've done in the first one and doing it to the latter stages, you know, the one Rangers were in, and doing it that way. But then, would that make it any better? I, I, I don't know. I don't know because I really don't know what they can do now because it's all about the money. That's what it is now. It's all about the money at the end of the day. It really surprised me. You know, obviously they've been trying to get the Europa League. Well, the, aye, not Europa League, but you know what I mean? That big elite Europe League. Really mm. surprised me at some point if when it gets to the last eight, at the end of the season, they go, let's have a uh, round-robin type tournament mm. and then decide it. Like, so they already have this, not dilemma as such, but club football definitely has maybe overtaken international football in terms of pressure. Yeah, I would say that. And uh, let's face it, a lot of clubs don't even like their players going and playing for international teams. Mm. Especially, you see it a lot down south. So from a UEFA point of view, they would probably love a tournament at the end of the season with maybe eight teams, the eight big teams that they fancy and let them go for it. Maybe it might be more entertaining, who knows, in the knockouts, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I'd rather have knockout football. It's more chance of shock as well. And I, I suppose for the likes of Peter Head, the likes of, going back to the League Cup, the likelihood is a causing shocks. It's pretty slim because of that group stage because it is going to favour the, the top teams and it shouldn't be seeded either. Just put everyone in Mm. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, if you if you've got a, a, a cup game over ninety minutes, is that cliche thing? Anything can happen within that ninety minutes. But over a course of four or five games in a in a group stage there and a round robin, it will always favour the the higher ramp teams because they will they, they should in theory um, win three out of the four games. Yeah. In terms of obviously the teams find their fate in terms of who they might face if they are to get through. Over the next two weeks, I think we touched a bit on Jabba next last week, so maybe no much point in touching much in them. Mm. But in terms of if you are to progress up by that tie, Alkmaar, pretty decent Dutch outfit. Do you fancy your chances or not? I want you to take the score. We always can uh, say that like we do. We always record this visually, and if you can see Tony and Scott's faces and reactions to that question, aye. Uh, see, see, to be fair, you could actually just say, take what I said last week and repeat it again. If you bring in a goalkeeper and sort out the back line, we might be a good chance. That is it. You'll have a bit of balance to the defence now if you're signing Liam Scales. Like that. <laughs> Aye, well, but this is the, the latest one. And uh, Jeff was saying, uh, like Jeff we had on last week, the Dundee United boy, uh, he covers a wee bit of Irish football for podcasts. He was saying, suppose there's oh, a decent player. Oh, Shamrock Rovers boy. Yes. Ah, I did see that. So he's either uh, kind of wing, I think left back, wing back, or centre back. Aye. Suppose like, a decent. He played nine games at centre half last year as well. Actually, I've seen that. So, um, I've seen folks, folk trying to get stuck in about that. Actually, I, I just forgot about the boy's name was there. Thought that's the that's the hangover kicking in. Eh? <laughs> there was no reaction even to the balance and scales. And I thought that was decent. I thought it was a decent effort, but yeah, keep trying. See, see, thing that that lad there and focus saying about League Island and that. Look at Seamus Coleman. How much mm. Everton got him for his slide rovers for? Yep. And he was, he's, he's been a mainstay of the team for years, do you know what I mean? I'd take him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the old one that if you don't know who the player is, you think it's a right side, isn't it? Whereas, 
quite often it's maybe the ones that you don't expect much from that actually impress and you sign you only need to look at last season but, but we'll not repeat that because we did it all last season about all your signings from last season <laughs> 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 um, right okay we'll, continue, we'll go back to your head now because we need to respond to last week we had the lower league predictions podcast now I was involved in that podcast but as I did touch on before we started tonight some of it is just speculating by looking at maybe signings and some players that you might know um, if they've maybe dropped down from the, the the top flight or championship in terms of players we're more familiar with and seen on TV or in games and different things like that. So let me just see. There was one, two, <laughs> uh, maybe only two people that predicted used to get relegated, I think. Ali Graham predicted used to get relegated. Uh-huh. And they are, uh, I call him, kind of call him friend of the podcast now, I suppose, Mark. He... Yeah, he can I get torn in your wee bit. Um, so I, it's the right to respond to you, basically, Colin. Aye, it, it's it's funny because a lot of folks see us as like it's little Peter Heed up in up in the northeast, and we, we kind of do nothing. Um, but I, I don't know, I, I genuinely don't mind anybody having an opinion about with other teams, etc. Um, it does kind of uh, realm a little bit as when folk are coming out with. Um, statements are just absolutely off like, off the radar, just nowhere near uh, fit as should be. Uh, I've seen one from another podcast um, a couple of weeks ago saying that Peter Heath were going to get relegated based on the fact that uh, Derek Lyle was our main striker. Now, that just isn't even true at all. Uh, they forgot that we signed uh, Russell McLean for um, in throws. Um, during the pre-season so it's just it's lack of kind of knowledge that gets me more than anything else yeah. I, I don't mind if somebody wants that says that Peter is going to get relegated that's fine that's their opinion but if they don't back it up with um, accurate kind of um, information or, or, or kind of reasons why that does kind of rile you a, a little bit because genuinely I think um, within Peter Heath fans this season I think that we're expecting um Something, something to happen this year. Maybe not just break into that playoffs, but maybe break into the top half. Um, we've got a good young squad. We've got um, guys that will potentially could play at a higher level. Um, so we've kind of moved away from that squads of you know 30, 32, 34 year olds that we used to have. We used to bring in a lot of guys that were playing you know Premier League uh, Championship kind of level. They were just kind of coming to Peter to, to end their career, kind of thing. That's now sort of long gone. They're going the to Cove now, aren't they, to end their career? Oh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> for, um, the, for the payday. Yeah, exactly. So we, we've moved away from that. We've got a younger squad, other than Derek Lyle, obviously. Um, so th- there is there is a bit of optimism that we can stay well clear of that bottom two this year. Um, and as I say, we could look at getting the top half. So it's it's kind of things like that. If, if people maybe as if we, as we said before, if there was a bit more exposure to League One and League Two, um, their their um, their knowledge might be that a little bit better rather than just kind of uh, Peter is going to get relegated because they've got a forty-year-old striker. To, to be fair, forty-year-old strikers are no bad. Like look at Ibrahimovic. <laughs> huh. to, be, to be fair, Mark, Mark went on that last game there. He he's a Sterling Albion fan and he watched yourselves against them. And if you're saying that. It's a dead rubber of a game. Mm-hmm. It's kinda I'm not I'm no got to no slaughter them, but I'm just saying it's kinda hard to tell. I slaughter them. Mm. Ah, <laughs> I normally do that I normally do that anyway. But it's, <laughs> it's 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 hard to tell if it 
if it's done as a competitive game, but it's not treated as a competitive game, on yeah. how that mm. game's going to fare. Well, that, that's, what, that's what I was saying, because he, he'd said he, he's seen us against Dylan, which is fair enough, and, and, and we, were, we were poor that game. Um, but I would say, out of the 11 that started, I would say only maybe five or six would have started the following week for the, the first league game. Um, we, did, we didn't hear McLean playing uh, for a start. He was suspended. So that, that team that played probably weren't going to be uh, starters for it, the, the the start of the league. And as we said, a lot of them knew it was going to be a, a dead rubber. It was a case of just getting through the game without any unnecessary injuries and things like that. But again, if that's the only time that he's seen Peter Heed, then that's the only thing he can, he can base it on. Mm. Uh, at, least he's, at least he's seen them though Aye when you, mm-hmm. As you say you get full, Haven't they seen them and... Yes Aye Aye it's then a bit more difficult To formulate an opinion <laughs> The thing that did strike me though When like obviously The information you get Maybe from looking at signings And different things like that We touched on the fact That obviously in the lower leagues Maybe even more so Than the top flights You usually see a higher Turnover of players Though for yourself Steve Archer Is it seven players That you brought in in total Which is Aye. At that level Is probably pretty decent In terms of not having To make too many changes Aye, this this year um, we've sort of maintained the kind of or kept the kind of core of of last season's squad. Um, the last three, four, five years, um, it's a case of player comes in, signs a one year deal, plays for a year, and then that's him away again. So you were maybe turning over eight, nine, ten players at a time, and that's that's quite a, a common occurrence. League one, league two. Um, but this year, as I said, we've kind of kept the core. Um, there's a couple of the boys have actually signed two-year deals, which again is unusual at that level. So it just kind of shows the kind of ambition that we're on. We've got this kind of path that we're moving towards, and that's that's why guys are signing these two-year deals because the kind of I think the players realise and the management kind of realise that we are bringing these guys in. We're sort of honing their their skills with us, and then they're moving them off for nothing. So. Take, for example, Hamish Ritchie. He'd come in on loan for um, Inverurie last year to the league by storm. Signed a two-year deal. He'll probably play a, a season. If he does well, he'll get his move, but Peter, he'll get the, the money for it rather than him just going off for nothing. So there's that kind of element to it in League One and League Two that these guys are, are staying longer, just be, mainly because of uh, clubs are maybe changing their philosophy slightly. Um, COVID obviously has, has meant that a lot... <laughs> Money's tighter, so if you're going to get offered a two-year deal, you're going to take it because you never know what's going to happen in a year's time or two years' time. So, uh, aye, the, the turnover kind of thing does happen quite a lot. Whether or not that's going to be a common theme in the next kind of two or three years, I don't know. But certainly, it, it looks like it's not going to be happening, Peter. See, see, on what you were saying there as well, Colin. Sorry, jump in here, John. But uh, see, what you were saying we team in the northeast, Peter Heed. Do you think that actually helps if you've got a good a good standard of players up there that would want to stay up in that area? The it kind of helps in a, in, a, in terms of the expectations of um, what people think. Um, so we'll just kind of fly under the radar. A lot of people have written us off already, so uh, we'll just Peter Nady gives us a a lot of about his kind of thing. Um, the the view is that I could probably get the players to come up, but as a lot of them are kind of Glasgow based and things like that. But Jim's Jim's network, Simon Ferry's network, he he he's bringing in so much um, players. His 
that he does in the background is is so uh, understated that nobody kind of realises that he actually does for the club. Um, and he's he's uh, part of this change of philosophy, I think. And, and that's why, as you're saying, the, the wee team, but um, by Christ, they, they get treated well. Does Simon Ferry get involved in a bit of the coaching at Peterhead? I know he was uh, coaching at Celtic, wasn't he? Is he still doing that yeah, as he, well? Yeah, uh, he moved to Laffey, um Dean is Celtic coaching, um, and he is Dean coaching. So he does, he does quite a lot of the, um, I would say, the kind of defensive side of stuff. Um, so he's his coaching is, if you speak to some of the guys, um, it's it's like light and day to fit the work Dean before. Um, it's it's so well organised. It would be is so positive about it. Um, and that's why we're sort of being able to bring in guys like Russell McLean, get him back in because he was aware of Simon's uh, coaching. Brett Long was the same, we got him for East Fife. Um, and it's just everything seems to be working round about what Simon Ferry is doing. I know that's a strange thing to say because Jim Martinelli is a manager, but Jim Martinelli will manage, but he'll do all this sort of the yeah, networking. Working. Yes, I yeah. he does all that kind of stuff, and he can bring in the players uh, just because of who he is, and then so be it. I think that happens at that level as well, doesn't it? For all teams, it's about who you know and saying, like, you fancy maybe coming. That's a, and that's that's how things kind of work in in the lower leagues because a lot of these guys are one year contracts. If you, yeah, there are there are there are a lot of them probably work. Um, Maybe they necessarily work together in the, in the same companies, but within industries and the, the chat, and, and it's like it's like fans. They they get to kind of know each other just through football, um, and they start asking questions. Like, oh, how, how's how's the training with you guys? Or fit you guys do and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, the networking that, that Simon probably does is is so underrated. It, it, it's it's frightening. I heard as well in the spare time he does a podcast, but I don't know. I've never heard, never heard of it. <laughs> I was going to ask. <laughs> I was going to ask, Colin, is there a big emphasis with Peerhead in the community with regards to working with schools, um, try to get the kids to go to the games, also local clubs um, to get them involved with Peerhead? What is the kind of community aspect of it? Oh, it's it's very much um, community orientated. Um, the the stadium, I don't know if you've, you've ever been up, but um, there is like a, a social club. Um, it was built specifically with that kind of community base uh, in mind. Mm. So there are clubs. There is a there is an arsenal track. There is a there's a running track and things like that around about the stadium as well. So there's lots of uh, community kind of clubs that get involved. They can have that. They have meetings within the stadium as well. They've got various rooms that they have in their schools. They had um, during the summer the, the coaching uh, schools coaching and things like that, where the players got involved, the managers got involved. Um, so yeah, everything that they, they, they try and do, they try and do uh, with the 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 community in mind. Aye. So you're talking about the social club there. It's actually I, I know myself when I was younger and I wasn't allowed to go up to Parkhead myself, Celtic Park. I would go and watch Stirling Albion and everybody, everybody looked forward to going to see the Albion playing Peter Reid because they got to go up to the social club and they all got stuck in a bit, right? And I'm fair. Aye, aye. It's, it's always a, a good trip. A, a lot of folk, um, although it's probably the, the furthest they'll go for an away day, 
Um, but they they get up there and they came that there's a there's a bar there and it's uh, usually full and it's you know it, it, because everybody's mixing as well. I think that's that's a slightly different thing as well. I don't think you get that much we. Uh, in the Premier League, and you didn't get the fans. No, you get you get the mixing, but maybe in the the right kind of way. If you get that, right. <laughs> um, whereas can if it's like you mentioned Stella now, if they come up, you will be on. We'll be starting at bar together. Um, maybe next weekend, but we'll can have a a banter and then want to go on and come back and I get a half time and somebody's usually smiling, somebody's usually at the end of the game, but can at least you're there for the same reasons. But and that, that's again. I think that's where the, the atmosphere between leagues one and two, maybe the championship is different for the, the Premier League in terms of the fans. I think it's just that there's this different atmosphere um, with the fans. Mm-hmm. Right, you the team... go... Sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go. You got the feeling of that, eh? Because you, I think you feel, see, when you are in the leagues and you're talking about the players playing around about each other, I think the fans kind of start to, like, no become pals, but they get to know each other a bit better. And if they introduce each other down to their clubs and where they can go for a drink, yeah. that, which does it, it does make that experience a lot better, eh? Yeah, it's since since we started Dina's podcast um, two years ago, I mean, it, it's opened our uh, eyes to, to so many different other club po- uh, podcasts. We get to get to know a lot of these guys that we, we probably wouldn't have met otherwise. And then we, we see them at games, or we, we would have seen them at games if I had been for COVID, obviously. Um, but you, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you kind of you, you'd, you'd rather um, you'd rather invite somebody like that up to a game because you know that they're there for the kind of same reasons as you are. Um, but as I, as I kind of said earlier, I don't think you would get that with your Premier League or your Premiership kind of fans. Mm. Certainly, wouldn't they be asking a Rangers fan to sit in? Next to you to watch a game, would you? <laughs> that was an experience I had on a Saturday night after Hearts scored after what was it nine minutes or something? Was it mm. guy, right? I was kind of steaming at that point there, to be honest, but we'll talk about <laughs> that. But it was actually Rangers fans sitting watching the Celtic Hearts game. They'll jump about and I had to walk out. Here. I was like, I'm way up the road to watch this. I'm watching this myself. We're in for a doing here, yeah. <laughs> See, on the subject of that community, if I want to give a shout out, obviously the West of Scotland Football League, there's been a few teams getting involved this season, new ones from amateurs. I don't know if you've seen the story about Campbelltown pupils on the internet. So they obviously have started their first season in the West of Scotland League. I suppose that is the first season anyway because of what happened last year. So it's a pretty pretty heavy trip to get to Campbelltown for a game, even though it is the West of Scotland. Um, they got a first point last midweek and then they're again a shout out to Harmony Row because they provided them with like food and drink for in the bus home to travel home so that type of thing at that level clubs do help out each other I think from that aspect it's a case of they realise these guys are going to work the next day or maybe even don't have a chance to get something to eat on the way uh, apart from maybe a Tesco meal deal so I think that level you don't maybe hear about that as much but I, I love that type of thing at that level um, aye the hospitality and helping each other out probably the further away you are the, the more friendly you will be because you listen mm. to my Slaughter now and Falkirk, like it was bitter as fuck. <laughs> I, I still deal more with hate mail <laughs> <laughs> uh, from it, uh, and but they get a first one in the weekend as well, so they're doing well. They've had a good start there, but uh, I, I, I think, um, I think again, I think it probably surprised a lot of folk, but I think a lot of the results up uh, last weekend kind of surprised a few folk as well. But uh, it was it was good to see kind of uh, Barry Ferguson get a bit of stick for his fans already as well, so. 
I'll back you up in that game, mate. I like to see that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's his first game, and he's, and he's, uh, he's oh, he was actually getting, getting back to the Alwa fans as well. So it wasn't just a one way, uh, one way thing, but he was getting just as good as fit, uh, he was getting like. So it, it was good. Oh, was he giving a wee bit of chat back? Mm-hmm. Eh? Oh, he was getting back as well. He, he basically told me to shut the fuck up. And uh, <laughs> 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 see as well, though, with that again, like at that level, and like I'll talk about the West of because I see that as well. If you're going to get out to managers or players, you need to be able to take it back, mm. don't you? I definitely. Jest, as long as it doesn't go over the top. Plus, as well, I'd, because it's, it's it's not as highlighted as much. It's I think it makes the whole experience better because you you know managers in the Premier League can't do anything like that because the papers getting at them, you know, the, the radios at them and all that kind of thing. Whereas, let's be honest, we all like to see it. There's, there's nobody here that doesn't like to see managers having a barley or managers having an argument. Like, how many people watched that? Remember Mark McGee when he went with self oh. to the stand at Aberdeen? Oh. Oh. I was dynamite. You know what I mean? But, you know, and that, that was all oh, terrible, that's bad. But everybody that watched that had a laugh. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I bet he looks at the video of the 40 or whatever, because right, you see the 40 <laughs> coming up all the time. That's mm. I bet he looks at it and laughs because mm. it's just one of the moments. It's a Scottish football moment. <laughs> you get them all the time. See, see speaking about stuff like that, I don't know if you've seen it where uh, the boy from Queen of the South getting interviewed by, by their, uh, their channel at the weekend. Mm. And, uh, oh, Ian and Willie Gibson. That's it, Willie Gibson. Aye. And Ian McCall's walking behind him and he goes, Good day, eh, it was a good game of the day, son, or something. He goes, thanks, Gaffer. Fanny. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, you do love all that. That's what it's, it's about. A wee bit of shit history. Shit history. Bye. So, going back to the original, maybe, question, kind of. Where do you see Peter Head finishing the league? Um, I, th- I think if we, we finish fifth or sixth, which is an improvement on... From last season, uh, last few seasons, obviously we finished eighth and then seventh last year. So anywhere fifth or sixth, I think would be would be a good season. Um, anything over and above that with the teams it's it's in there um, would be would be a bonus. But I think you know if we, we finish fifth or sixth, I think we'll, we'll be doing well. Aye, just aye, aye. You've made you're only making Ali and uh, Mark look bad at the moment, but for the rest of us, we all messed up as well because we took Dumbarton to finish bottom. <laughs> They won three now at Clyde, so what do we know? <laughs> well, I, I, I've actually got I'd, I'd had them doing for for uh, for going doing as well, but um, I had it between them or, or Clyde, um, or Clyde, and and because Dumbarton are one of that kind of teams, it's, it's they're, they're a bit like breaking, um, not to the same extent, but they've been on a, on a slide for the last sort of five six years. I mean, um, it wasn't so long ago they were finishing fifth in the championship. And every year they've just uh, progressed sort of further and further back um, to the point for last season, obviously, they were they were in the relegation playoff um, and, and, and stayed up after beating uh, Edinburgh. But I had them go and do that. I do like Stevie Farrell. I, I think he's a good coach, Ryan, but I just think it, it was maybe just a, a job too far from it. It was kind of one that he, he's been there before and, and maybe it was one of those that he's... His heart's on his head, he ruled his head, kind of thing, rather than yeah. staying with Sunrar, which I think Sunrar had a better chance this season of going up than they had last season. So it, it could have been a case that 
Dumbarton go down and then Stunner come up the other way and they just kind of bypass. But no, they got they got a really good result against a, a, what is it looks like a really poor Clyde side again this season. Who are you taking then for winning that league? I kind of go back and forth between uh, Cove and, and, and Falkirk, purely on the basis that um, I, Falkirk need to go up this season. I, I think yeah. I, I, another season in League One would, would just almost, they'd end up like Erzy in terms of they just when I get out of there if, if they didn't get out this season. I think Paul Sheeran, um, I, I, again, he's moved to the kind of younger kind of players. Like I said, Ross has come in and, and things like that. So I think the the pressure will be on them to go through Cove. I think the, the bookies have them as one of the favourites, but again, I just question whether or not the, the the age of the squad would be able to handle such a um, such a long season as the as, as opposed to what they had last season. I know they're a lot of experience, um, but I think it's between one of those two it'll go up. Mark will be loving you, I definitely. To, to be fair as well, this Fife was getting tipped for kind of going back for Gondon as well. And they've yeah. got off a, I think it's a good result. They got the weekend against Queen's Park because Queen's Park's tipped for going up more. Mm. Yeah, East Fife, they, they've, they've never really sort of done much in the last couple of seasons. I mean, they, they finished mid-table under uh, Darren Young for the last two or three seasons and they're really, they, they showed no progress or, or any uh, regression, but um, if you start to speak to any East Fife fans, there's that kind of division of, well, did he deserve a new contract? Are we going anywhere? And some of them are, are quite happy because he's keeping them in League One. So it, it's it's a it's a it's a strange season for them as well because I don't think they're going to be in the mix for the playoff this season. They'll probably be running about where Peter Heed is and, and going for that sort of fifth or sixth uh, position. Was it two seasons ago they were actually kind of running, they're running Wraith and Falk up tight for the top mm-hmm. until the last. Was it five or six games? In the okay. It was the last five or six games they fell away at that point. Aye. Uh, again, I think they'll, they'll have a, a lesser budget. It'll be like, probably the same budget as yourselves. Aye. They, that, they, like, and you're playing they, against all-time teams sometimes. Oh, aye, aye. They're, they're one of the smart, uh, smart budgets along with us, probably. Um, but everybody else, you know, Queen's Park, Alawa, Cole, Falkirk, they've all got a bigger budget. So if you're basing it on budget, you know, Peter Heed should be should be at the bottom. Um, but in terms of the players that they've got, no, I, I definitely think we should be fifth or sixth. Do you know something that's interesting last week? I don't think anyone mentioned Montrose for anything. Because Montrose under Petrie, I think, I know John, my colleague, is on the podcast sometimes. Uh, he's always, for a few seasons, been saying, like, how does Stuart Petrie not get linked with like, bigger jobs? Because the job he's done there is... Maybe not short or remarkable, but it's been a really good, solid job he does there. Yeah, well, well if you, you kind of harken back to a few seasons ago, they were they were right at the bottom um, and almost relegated the the uh, the league. But they they were kind of I think they were the, the first team to be involved in the, the playoff um, and they stayed up against Brora. So they they've obviously progressed quite a bit, and, and yeah, Peter has done that. He's just quietly kind of gone about his job. Um, and rightly they'll be there or there boots in the playoff again whether or not they can you know sustain that and, and challenge for the league I, I, I don't know but I think they'll certainly be playoff uh, Brings me to one of the first questions I've got for you um, so 
In a cutthroat world of managers, barely lasting two years, what has been Jim McAnally's success to lasting so long in the job? That was from Donald, who's a regular in the podcast. I think it, it's simply down to the, um, his relationship with the, the board and the, and the chairman. Um, Jim, Jim does so much in the background for the club as well. In terms of we were speaking about the, the, the community side of things, he does so much with that as well. He has time for everybody as well. Um, he'll chat to anybody um, about anything that you, you want. Can he'll he'll speak to you about it. So, and I think because of what happened, previous manager uh, John Sherman when he came in, he only lasted about six or eight months after um, um, after the kind of uh, shambles of the sort of. Uh, Steve Patterson kind of era and, and, and things like that. Um, they they kind of looked at it and went, well, we need we need to kind of give him longer. And he's 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 built up a team every year, as we said earlier on. You know, guys coming in for a season and leaving and bringing in a, a new team. So um, I think they've, they've kind of learned the lessons. With um, he's obviously been successful as well. You know, to two league two titles as well. Um, he could have probably gone when we got relegated, but um, he was convinced to stay. Um, they convinced him to stay when he when they didn't go up for the first time asking as well. So the following season he did win the league. So I think it's just it's about the relationship with not only the fans, but the, the way that the board and the, and the chairman work as well. You gave me the I've, fear there talking about Steve Patterson again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a, a vision in my head there. Soon you're saying about Jim McAnally talking to anybody about anything. I've got images of Erden talking to him about Love Island. That's all that's in my head there when you said that. <laughs> um, I, uh, right, can I go back to you for you about Aberdeen? There's not much to say about the game on uh, Thursday. I wouldn't say we deserve to lose the game. It was one of those games where even you're 5-1 up, and I probably wouldn't have said this in the podcast, you're maybe still not overly confident just because it's a Scottish team in Europe. You're thinking mm. it's a good way mess up here. See, when they went 2-0 up, I don't know if I was overly panicking, but I was kind of like, hmm, uh, maybe the, like, because Aaron's getting real excited. I was trying to temper things last week by saying it was one game and all that. Thankfully, they get the guy sent off. And at that point, I could relax a wee bit and go, right, okay. But even with 10 men, they were trying to go forward. Um, so much as I don't think we ever looked, we were going to lose the tie, there was still a few wee nervy moments. Um, but we created enough chances again. We created all right chances and, I don't think we deserve to win the game, but I don't think we deserve to lose the game either. But the momentum, was, the momentum was with them before they got the man sent off, I felt, John, yeah? Yeah. You one, all it took was just be a, another goal at anywhere for them, and they really would have been gone five pence, 50 pence at the mm. back end. Yeah. Oh, I asked we'd have been knitting buttons, aye. <laughs> uh, the third one had gone in. Um, from that, in terms of all, from our point of view, we're playing Breed Ablick, who, strangely enough, are playing tonight. Which I know we, I know sometimes you would have a two day gap, but we're not used to seeing a two day gap between us. We wouldn't play a Monday and then a Thursday. No. But whether maybe Iceland, they think, well, they played the Thursday there. And I suppose you're getting a break Friday, Saturday, Sunday, playing again. You sometimes do have a two day break with other games because we would go obviously Thursday into Sunday for the Europa League in the conference. So they played tonight, they won 4 0. So aye, that's giving me the fear. Mm. Uh, and the fact that they beat Austria Vienna, and I thought Austria Vienna would probably win. I, that was only based on Austria. Austria being, yeah, the name. No, Maybe the no. name and a wee bit Austria, I would say, is at a better, mm. slightly better level just now than Iceland. 
internationally and all that, and that sometimes does kind of rub off on, on club teams. So I'm not quite sure what to make of that. I, I can't say I know anything about them at all, um, apart from that. It's like Icelandic. I'd never heard of them before last week, and that's no disrespect. But that's sometimes about Europe. You get that these week, these I'm not going to say weak team either. You get these teams you never heard of before, and it's something new, something exciting maybe. But I generally don't know what to expect at all. Um, I'm waiting on the cliche. One of the four is I've got to say it. There's no easy games in Europe anymore. I'm waiting. <laughs> on it. It's interesting because in this day and age, right? Surely they will. I mean, the management and all that should be able to get some kind of dossier on them and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> But you wonder how much information you can get in such a short space of time in terms of getting kind of videos and that and playing. Because I know I get to see them play, I don't think. I don't I don't imagine that people would be allowed yet to go and scout abroad. You're maybe depending on maybe Carrie Arneson, who's a, a link. Maybe reporting back or Jim Bett, his sons even. Maybe mm. they might say, right, this is what they like. Because you can't take it as well in terms of who's just this season. They could just be having maybe a a decent start to the season in terms of Europe. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know at all what to expect. However, if we're to get through, I think might have a chance. Limassol, it's not the Limassol we faced before. And maybe it's a good thing. I've not heard them before in terms of they might not be that good. The other team, though, Quarabag, you'll know about them, Scott and Tony, because they faced Celtic recently. You don't really want to be going there as well in terms of how far it is, the travel and all that. Plus also, as we already did a start earlier, they have been in the group stages of some kind of European competition for the last seven years. We've not been in the group stages for a long time, so mm. it'd be tough, but I think we could have got tougher ties. We avoided Spurs, that was the main thing if we get through. Mm. And that's all, we're not through yet, so that's we're all speculating, but um, we avoided yeah. Spurs, that was the main thing. I think. You're, starting to, you're starting to sound like uh, Gary Lineker in England there, mate. You've already got yourself through the next round. Oh, I definitely know that. Erin <laughs> Woods, Erin Woods. I heard Erin on, like, she was obviously on Old Firm, Old Firm Fats podcast last week, Aye. and she was talking and saying, ah, the hacking game, I will win 2-0, 3-0. She, I mean, I thought, I, I think I'm an optimistic uh, Aberdeen fan. She's, she's in that level. Like, she's got us winning the league. <laughs> So, Hugh Keevens have got you second. Hugh Keevens has got a seven. Okay. Yeah. He's actually played some good football yesterday. Yeah. Anyway, Aye. to be fair. Um, um, what, about, what about the ball for Ferguson? I know we're not talking about Saturday yet, but eh, Sunday yet, but the ball for Ferguson for Johnny Hayes' goal. Yep. Like, that lad has got some quality. You're looking for boys like to step up for these. I'm say, I keep on saying to folk for season, like since he's been at us, I do. I, I reckon he's got such a high potential in terms of making it down south or whatever. I think he will end up down south. I did hear someone yesterday, um, and I have had other Celtic fans, to be fair, sometimes saying it would take him. And I know, I suppose I was asked a question somewhere along the line. I've not heard him, but been asked a question, would you go? And he said he would dismiss it. But I can't think that he would go. I think the only Scottish club he would probably leave us for would be Rangers. And actually, I don't even think he wants to go there. Maybe at one point, it's because he might like to. But I do think he want, he sees himself down south and doing well. And then you kind of start thinking, what kind of club could he go to? We, I was just talking to my mate earlier, was it, he's an Aberdeen fan as well. I mean, a Burnley, a Newcastle, something like that. I think he, yeah. could, he could cope there. You can uh, look at the John McGinn progression or something like, like the Villa kind of moving. Right. Well, get, get yourself a season down the Championship. I know you're dropping down to come up. And... You end up, you could, you could progress your career that way and all. Like, do you know what I, I mean? think so? 
and I do think he should say this season on learn off Scott Brown and have that freedom to be the midfielder I think he can be because uh, mm. I think he's got everything you need in a midfielder I don't see any weaknesses really to his game as a midfield player no Folk will maybe touch on his discipline but his discipline's not he gets booked a lot but probably not much different to like Scott Brown who's at Celtic he usually is disciplined enough not to then get the, the second he has had a few reds don't we on but he is pretty well disciplined and he's got a good footballing brain which you can clearly tell and that probably does help from his, his family in terms you of don't want to take that out of his game though John no the fact to get like a booking but it can be tactical as well doing that do you know yeah. what I mean as you're saying he pulls his selling a bit for there but you can see the relationship him and Brown were having yesterday in the middle of the park as well two of them are complementing each other very very well eh? definitely just uh, as much as having skill and seen a pass the their work rate was brilliant, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm still kind of caught. I'm still kind of cautious in terms of how well to do this season because it is very early days, and um, a lot might depend on Hibs. And obviously, the latest news is that it looks like Doig is going to go to whoever. And then you suppose you wonder, they're not going to invest all that, all that money, but Hibs have shown recently they are willing to spend a transfer fee on the right player. Um, so will they spend even maybe I don't know. See if they spend a quarter of that. Mm. They could get someone decent in, maybe. I don't know what do you think in terms of you obviously up that way, Colin Aberdeen. There's a good vibe about the place just now, or round about that area. Oh, yeah, the I, I, there's, there's certainly a change since, uh, since McInnes is, is gone. Um, as you said, there's probably more of a, an optimism, um, based more on the type of football that they were in a plan do, whereas before it was. Under McInnes, it kind of got a bit stale. It was same old, same old. Um, you were kind of going backwards instead of going forwards. And I, I think the change was coming. It just, I think the timing was maybe slightly uh, peculiar. But um, I, there's, there's a bit more kind of optimism around about the area now that there is, that there maybe is going to be something happening. And as, as you kind of, you guys touched on, maybe even finishing second um, above Celtic might, might even be a possibility this year. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I still think for that to happen, Celtic would have to have an absolutely disastrous season. However, I suppose they always the thing I always do think is you only play the Rangers and Celtic eight times in the top six. So if you can be really consistent against the rest, which is what we did under McInnes, mm-hmm. there's possible a chance. Then you've got to try and maybe take a result off each of them or just take some points off Celtic. Or, but it's difficult. I don't know. Um, I still think. I'd like to see us win the Scottish Cup. If, I could, if we could do that, I'd win a care if we finished fifth in the league of that season. That's you have to, you can look at it as well as 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 everybody got the players that can can deal with the the, the nitty gritty when it comes to kind of crunch time. You know, kind of February March. Can, if they are kind of sitting second, if they got the kind of guys that can can keep cope with that, and I think now that they've got Scott Brown there, that's probably the, the player that they've been missing for two or three seasons, and he maybe will kind of drag them through into that kind of second uh, position but they've obviously they've got to get there first Yeah. Um, but I think they're better equipped than that they have been in the last three or four years what I do I've like so far as well uh, sorry I'll get in a wee sec Tony yeah. the fact that is that it would be quite easy for him to have brought Declan Gallagher in last Thursday or yesterday but he's going with the guys that are playing well and it's a case of right we're playing well so you'll get in the team one. you will get in the team eventually I, mean, I don't doubt that I like that like if, if they change performing, why change it just for the sake of changing it? Yeah. Let's, I think, let's impose our game on the opposition and let them deal with it because 
Ah, you need to be versatile, but I always think have a go at teams, like be positive, express yourself. You might leave yourself vulnerable at the back, but goals win games. Yeah, like, I, 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 it is, it is, isn't it? I think if you looked at somebody like Shea Logan, for example, like he was, he was always going to be playing, doesn't matter how poor he, he was the game before, he was always going to get picked. If he was suspended or injured, you just, you can't, he was going to be back in again the next, uh, the next game. Shea Logan never really had a, had a, a had competition for the last two, year, two, three years he was there, and, and he kind of knew that he was always going to be in. Yeah. Whereas now, I think Stephen Glass is, is, isn't afraid to, to to change things. He's obviously brought in the, the younger guys to play at fullback, um, and that's the kind of things that maybe McInnes didn't want to do. He didn't want to risk that. Whereas I think Glass has obviously got that kind of um, got a lot about him that he, he's quite happy to, to to give the youngsters a chance. Yeah, I think it's been part of probably the interview as well. He's been kind of that's been part of the you need to do this, develop. Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. I think most Aberdeen fans are as well. What were you going to say, Tony? Sorry, before I was continuing with about Gallagher. No, I was just going to say um, about the young lad Ramsey. He oh, he looks oh, a player. Oh, Ramsey. Um, oh, I mean, the setup for the second goal. Um, yeah, he, he he looks really a, a good. I mean, is he through your ranks, or did you actually sign him or for somewhere? He's been someone since he was about fifteen. You've kind of heard of and been, he's been spoken about as being he's going to be mm. something. He's going to be pretty decent and probably win the team better than maybe what you would think. Um, but you always get a bit sceptical at that. You're kind of like, right, I mean, how good is he? But you look at him in any appearances he's played so far, he's positive. He wants to get forward already at the age of, I know he only turned 18 on Saturday, but he's getting the, the shout from glass to hit set pieces, corners, free kicks. He's getting that responsibility, which you don't see that much in a young, young player. I mean, because he, he is. I mean, he's just done 18 at the weekend. What a weekend? Turns 18 <laughs> Saturday. He's played. He's been playing in Europe already. Okay, my, my boy said, I bet he couldn't go into the drink. And I said, well, he's playing for the Aberdeen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of that way. Um, and then yesterday again, I mean, I mean, you want a temper excitement about players, right? But he does look mm. really top level already. He doesn't look like he's way behind the years, as you would say. Maybe uh, it could know- be this year's, if you're we're talking about Doig earlier, this year's breakthrough mm. player, young player, because, I mean, maybe Colin, again, you'll maybe hear up that way in terms of how highly rated he was as well, even as a youngster. Uh, it's it's weird because you hear so many of these kind of uh, young players coming through or, or potentially breaking through, um, and yet under McInnes, they just didn't seem to make that kind of breakthrough and, and they've disappeared. I mean, Shantland's probably the, the best example that you know, he was always going to be talked about being the next kind of big thing and, and, and getting the goals and things like that, but he just never got a chance. So I hark back to what I said earlier on, he's obviously Glass is quite happy to give all these youngsters a chance if he, if he feels that they're, they're good enough, they're all enough, and that's uh, and he's, he's happy to do that. But that's probably one of the things that's given him the, the job that he's uh, he's got this movie. This quota, or he's going to have to kind of go with the youngsters rather than sort of spending the money. Yeah, he, Ramsey does something a lot of play, young players don't do. They really frustrate me. He takes a player on. A, a lot of young players are taught nowadays that get the ball pass. Don't take the player on. Get the ball pass. Uh, you know, or like cut it back or what have you. Um, and he actually runs to the, the byline to try and get crosses in. Which, oh yeah, I mean, the goal for, I mean, I really like that. The, the goal that he, he set up, if you watch it, he does a nutmeg, and then he starts falling. 
and then he starts getting himself kind of back oh, up yeah. again, and he still manages to get the crossing. Uh, I, I mean, if, as long as Glass does the right thing with him, doesn't he overplay him too much where he's going to get injuries and get exhaustion and all that kind of thing, uses him correctly, and I think he'll be a great asset for Aberdeen. I think that, that I suppose the thing as well, apart from Glass doing that and managing him, it's up to us as fans like to try and not get too excited, but you do. When a youngster comes through, you do naturally get excited. Mm. The thing I noticed though, and I always hop back to uh, Alex Ferguson, I'll maybe come on it briefly. Uh, man, you remember when Ryan Giggs was coming through? He would never ever let Ryan Giggs talk to media. Already, mm. Cameron Ramsey's out there talking to media. He's like, and you're like, think whether it's right or wrong, I don't know, because I do think young players, you do need to protect them, but also you need to let them express themselves at the same time. But I, I don't know whether you're, you prefer them expressing themselves in the pitch and maybe being away from the media. So, it, you know, the media can be like, they can start manipulating or asking awkward things or hyping them up like we all do like mm. a Scottish player been hyped up to me then that's a great thing and then that's then you know they're playing with Stolen Albion <laughs> got that, I've got that one in for Mark <laughs> uh, so yeah uh, McKenzie on the other side as well exciting um, so I, yeah we'll see what happens what about uh, Mulgrew's challenge or Rojo yes, oh, as well oh, oh, oh. Well, 20, 20 years ago, anyway. that was brilliant, yeah. <laughs> exactly covered himself in glory at Aberdeen anyway, so mm. uh, he's not exactly Mr. Popular up there. Uh, <laughs> nice hair though, isn't he? He's got nice hair. Oh, aye. Mm. <laughs> Hibs comfortable enough getting through, and they could really manage the rest for us over Thursday. don't know well, how they'll get on. Their tie again, if they get through, is it PAOK or... Boz, Bohemians. Bohemians, aye. <laughs> it's hard to tell, and Greek foot, I think the Greek seems, maybe Europe, Bohemians have had some alright results, I don't know, over the last few years in Europe, I think. Mm. So you don't, you don't quite know. I'm still not convinced about Hibs defensively, that's what I'll say. No. Going out there, centre-back, and I don't think, I think Hibs fans as well, both Hibs fans would say, I know they're able to Porteous. I don't, I don't like them. I don't get it. Maybe, I, don't, uh, I don't know. It strikes me as, as a robot to the 80s, whereby he's maybe a, no a hardship man. Maybe that's no fair to say, but he definitely, I think he's very reckless. Um, maybe there is a player, he's still young, and you've got to take that into consideration, but I don't get the hype with him. I, I don't know. I There's don't, a mistake in him every game. You can see it. I, I don't know if it's because he gets overconfident and then, or he just turns off for a minute or something but there, there is times that he just kind of I don't know he just, he just seems to I don't know he, he, I, I'd be nervous with him um, as I set it back to be honest with you mm-hmm. um, and I'm never quite convinced about Harmon either I don't know I think he's an alright centre back but maybe if they had a wee bit more competition there it would help them because I know everywhere else in Hibs Hibs squad I think yeah, they've got a wee bit of depth there now with signings they've made, but I still think it's centre-back. I suppose you've got McGregor, who's all right, but beyond that, I don't think there's much else. Gogic could drop back and play there. Um, He's always kind of do sometimes, that man. Yeah. Mm. You know, I'm team times with Hamilton well, yeah? Uh, the Hibs team, I think they've, they've signed well with the bloody McGuinness for St Murn as well. He had a great game yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I seen he was running mother real ragged. But, um, that was a, that was another good game yesterday. I, I mean, I really enjoyed. That. I got caught the second half, and it was really good. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect from Motherwell. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but Motherwell were pretty good considering the players they've lost over the summer. Um, and there is a few players in there that are unknown to, to most of us probably because they've come from down the leagues in England. But aye, I give a good battle. Are the big striker done well? What was it Van Ven or something? Or, um, something like that. Yeah, he, he seemed like a good handful. You just hope that he's not going to be one of the players that does well on the opening day and then you don't hear about him again for the rest of the season. Um, when the sun's out and the cameras are on. Aye, <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, he looked all right. He, he looked decent enough. Aye, we'll see. Um, St. John's and our team, obviously, that's going to be in Europe. Galatasaray, everyone's writing them off, I think. I don't know. I know Galatasaray, again, probably historically, Galatasaray, good side. But St. John's improved last year. They can give anyone a game. Mm. I, I saw the side as well. Yeah. They're, they're doing well to hold on to Rooney. They're now like, we're talking about the figure that was getting flung about from. It sounded like buttons, like, but the lad is a good, strong player. That's what you need in your mm. side. You tell the, the, the folks at Johnson side, I, again, I'm only going on what I've seen in Scott's uh, Scott sport, sports team. <laughs> 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 you know, 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 Again, they Arsenal played well. Eh? They are a good, strong side. They're, they're, hard, they're hard to beat. They're hard to beat sides. So you just hope to take that into Europe as well. I hope they do. I'd like to, I like St. Johnson. Uh, I need to give a wee shout out as well to Nori because uh, we've, we've been panicking any time we've been in the podcast recently that his wife is going to give birth at any moment. Uh, so he boy arrived last week. So oh, brilliant. Very, very healthy 11 pounds. I think he's due to play centre half for St. Johnson the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Two, two, cup, two cups and a win. What a season he's had, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen a film about that. <laughs> uh, in fact, you know what? Oh. Nobody actually asked the question, did they? Did it fall into the time scale of the one in one of the cups? I, I didn't want to speculate. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll be, no, we'll August, I, I think maybe just off it. But uh, yeah, so good news there. Um, aye, back to the end of the league, maybe a wee bit. Johnny, we've missed one team and I didn't want to bring them up. Rangers for Europe. I was going to talk about Rangers though. And oh, sorry, in. sorry. <laughs> that was the only game. You're all right, you're all right. <laughs> I like that though. Remind me, but all right. I, I'm, I'm surprised you're bringing up Rangers. Like, you know, we could have just skipped by them. It would have been fine. Uh, uh, obviously, no. they opened the, the league campaign. I don't need to talk much about the, the actual league game because they, they just dominated, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Spotlight's goal was very good. He's just, his position's brilliant, he's waiting on that drop. Yes, um, however, we do need to pick up on, and I think it was Aaron that shared it with us, he's changed his accent now, he seems to be speaking Glaswegian. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> um, yeah, like a Joey Barton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Steve McLaren stuff. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Um, strange, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, does it, does it make a difference to Rangers fans or? He needs to speak Glaswegian all of a sudden. I'm sure they've been pretty welcoming in terms of yeah. that he's there and all that type of thing. Who, who knows what's happened there? I mean, I know he's had like a few months here, but you don't just, especially as an adult, <laughs> you don't just change your accent in like the space of six, seven words. I mean, I'm not, I'm not being funny, but I've been living down here for about 11 years and I have yet to have a Scouse accent. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's been there, what? Seven months. Aye, exactly. Aye. I can't wait for the podcast when you do get that. <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, <laughs> I believe that's chicken and a salad, Colts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Europe. Uh, if you get through again, because we kind of touched a wee bit last week on what they might do against whoever they play. It all looks mm. decent, I think. Olympiacos or Ludogrets. Mm. Potentially looks... Uh, certainly going by results that Rangers have had in Europe and the Europa League, I would say they've beat teams in the Europa League that are maybe potentially better than they two. Yeah. Mm. That actually looks like a, a really favourable draw for them, to be fair. Like, I don't like saying it, but it is. They have done well to come up with two of them, yeah. Well, again, and you were touching on before the podcast about the strength and depth they've got. Mm. You see, well, again, not to turn it back to Celtic, but the team that they've had that weren't playing, they could easily be yeah. us. And we're looking to be, we're looking to be challenging them for the league, yeah. It's just crazy the amount of depth they've got on that side. And even the team that they started on Saturday, your likes are Barisic wasn't playing, McGregor wasn't playing, mm-hmm. Ryan Drag wasn't playing, Morelos wasn't playing. Uh, scary. They've just scary. signed Lundstrom. He wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, Steve Davis might not play as much this year, but maybe Steve Davis is a bit like you know we we're talking about Scott Brown. He's one of the guys that's just top professional, and even despite of his age, he's just he can't leave him out. Yeah. The, the thing is with Gerard, he's he's came in there and he's got a structure going, and he's got the players playing the way he wants it to be. He that four three three, and and they've all bought into it, and. They look solid. They do even in Europe. They look a solid team. I mean, even when I mean, going back to us, we were doing a nine in a row. We never looked solid in Europe most of the time. We we looked jittery quite a lot. But this team does look quite solid when when they're playing a, a games away from home as well. I mean, last year they got great results against Benfica, you know, home and away. You know, I mean, Benfica's like a top quality team, you know, and I I, I think. They'll favour themselves um, for the draw, that draw they've got. Um, but I don't know what Malmo's like nowadays. Um, are they, the, the Malmo that the ourselves and Hibs have played against, or have they kind of gone down a wee bit? You know, nobody seems to know. You would think as well, where there have been so much more football on nowadays, that we would know these things. But unless yeah. you have a keen interest in Swedish football, as opposed to Maybe other Swedish things like IKEA. Meatballs. Meatballs, yeah. I talk about meatballs. <laughs> you all know about our partnership. You've known about it for a long time now. We've been going for good. Manscaped 4.0. Lawnmower is out. I've been using it. It's been good. Uh, you only tell from the beard. I'm more, a, I'm, more, I'm more above the groin than below the groin. I'll be honest with you. Oh, right. oh, I was talking for some examples. He's seen this here, John. I know, I know. Like we'll, we'll get there eventually. What was it last week? It was there. We were going to go for the Olympic rings. We reckon that was a good thing for getting shaved into your <laughs> nether regions with precision trimming and all that type of thing. I don't know what would be. What, what, what could we go for this week? What would be the theme? What could we go for as a good design? Give the listeners a. I think Colin's sitting there silent. He's got something to keep there. Aye, go I, I don't know if it's that. <laughs> I, 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 I,
No one listens. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did. Get some kind of design. Maybe a wee well. A lime ramp is too difficult. I'm looking at your tops, Scott. A lime ramp, and I think would be too tricky. I know we're precision trimming, but that, that would take some beating. You'd have to go to Turkish barbers for that. Aye. I don't know if they do that. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had the ears, I've had the nose, I've had the, I was going to say the hair, but uh, the beard. But I don't know if they... I think they'd get a bit worried if you started dropping your brakes and saying, can I get a, a salt tire in my... Aye. If you pay the right money, somebody will do it. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's somebody's me. <laughs> Uh, right, if you want to get a lot of the Scotch new barbers, <laughs> you can get a wee cheeky, uh, cheeky discount. But aye, 20% off free shipping off any product there. It's not just a lot more 4.0. They've got, if you like your ball deodorant, your weed whacker, which is for your nose and all that, the trimmings. So I get involved, support them, uh, uk.manscape.com. All right, um, on that subject there. So Meatballs brought that in nicely. And I don't know if we're going to cover the weekend action too much in the Premiership. I don't know. I don't know. Do you want any more misery? We're talking about Celtic. No. <laughs> oh, you're all right. Let's face hearts, though. Let's face hearts. Let's not talk about good. No, I think we'll hmm. talk. Heart, praise hearts. Let's praise hearts. Well, aye, definitely. They came at Celtic, yeah, but they always do every time we play them. I don't know if you're talking, but you always seem to get a game off them. Yeah. Regardless of how they've actually been playing anyway. Do you, do you know who I thought turned the game around for them? When they made that sub and bought that boy as a herring on. Herring eye. He came on and totally changed it. Um, I was like, they put an extra midfielder um, in, in that middle. And we just could not get out of it, really. They just suffocated us. I was a wee bit surprised with Hearts, if I'm being honest, because they scored quite early doors. And then they sat off for long periods and there was periods in the game where the Hearts fans were getting really restless because they weren't attacking too much it seemed to be like the first 5-10 minutes they attacked and then they sat off and then when they brought that boy on they then went for it again and then see when they went for it they, they really got a lot of joy especially down the wings with Celtic um, so I, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see how Nielsen gets on this season with Hearts because, as I said, there was a lot of frustration at times with the Hearts fans during that game. You could hear it, them like kind of groaning, and they were winning at that time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I, I, I think I've got to give praise to Suter as well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. as well, they totally suffocated Edward. Didn't let him play at all. Or, mm-hmm. or it's kind of been easy this or the last year, right enough, but. Um, he did, and he, he stepped up for their goal. Well, no, the goal he scored. Their first goal, he won the ball and pushed forward, and mm. he does well. He does well bring the ball forward and bring the ball out for the defence. Yeah, he's good, good player that lad. That boy, the boy on the right hand side for them in the first half, destroying Celtic. Ah, uh, he he was he he was battering them. Mm-hmm. You know, one as well, uh, Banning game it showed like you you look through mm. like social media, whatever, and different things, there was that many Hearts players getting named as man in the match, which shows how good a performance it was. Because Baron game, I think, only came in last week. Um, mm. Can't have trained with him much. And, and Do you know what? He, he kind of broke up play and he looked good. He uh, looked happy to be there as well. I mean, he was getting interviewed after, but I don't Do know. You know I think it's more a... I'm not sure about Hearts. I don't know what, what to make of Hearts. I, I think, like you're saying about them 
sitting back even after 1-0. I think that's just Hearts mm. happy to do that under Nielsen. I, I know Hearts fans probably traditionally maybe like to see you know, free-flowing attacking football, but maybe a bit like Dundee United last season, once you get back in the league, Hearts have know what it's like to get relegated. And it's happened a couple of times over the last so many years, so maybe they're just, Nielsen's just thinking, right, let's get in and let's, first of all, try and establish ourselves back in the league and then see what we can do. I know maybe Hearts fans might not agree because Laurie last week, obviously, he, did, he hadn't finished any, anything between third and eighth, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it'll probably come down, to, come down to finances and Hearts are one of the better supported teams, more money, so if you look at his budget, if it's just some paper, Hearts should probably finish like in the top five. As I'm going to play up to paper, is it? I'm going to play up to the Celtic stereotype here, right? And I'm going to ask how the hell there wasn't a yellow card in that game at all. That must be the first Celtic Hearts game or Hearts Celtic game <laughs> that I've never been able to get booked in. Honestly, God, there's tackles flying everywhere. Halliday's one on um, who was it? Was it McGregor? McGregor, aye. aye. Do you know what made me laugh? Actually, <laughs> I don't know if any's seen it, but see. With the camera is the linesman at the other side of the ground. Um, I think it's the main stand. Is it? It's, it's, it's a main stand over the side where the main stand was, right? Did you see all the Hearts fans like following them <laughs> when he was putting his flag up on the team? <laughs> as if to say, no, he's on side, and they all kept following them all the way across and like like that wee corner. But that made me laugh. I've got to say, because that poor linesman got absolutely grief. And there must have only been about maybe 40 or 50 Hearts fans in that wee section. And he, he, he gets, they get stuck into that poor guy. But um, I, I'm, I don't know how that game passed without a, a yellow uh, card. That's, that's uh, crazy, man, yeah. Especially, the, again, Celtic fan, talking about referees. <laughs> I don't know how Taylor was deemed to be offside. Eh? A bad goal. That one, but... See, I, 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 I know what you're saying. It's, I don't know. You know, like calling, like we complain and moan about referees in, in the top league. Which is, is a similar in the low leagues, or would you say in the low leagues the worse or better? I, I, genuinely, I, I think they're probably worse, um, uh, and that's maybe just I don't know, just because we, we see it more often, but. Um, if you think the referees are bad in the Premier League or the Championship, you, you should see them in League One and League Two. Um, they're, they're referee in League One and League Two for a reason. Um, but some of them, some of them have got this kind of um, ego about them. You know, they, they think they are Billy Big Bollocks, and they, they think that they're better than fit they are. I mean, there's quite often some of them will come down to League One if they've maybe had a bad game in the Premier League or, or the Championship or something like that, so they get put into the League One or League Two. Um, but there's just this kind of arrogance and uh, about them that they've, they've, they've got. And because we're because we are so close to the, the the pitch and we can hear the conversations, we can hear what's going on, the referees, and it's quite often you'll hear people say about the referees in, in rugby, they're quite vocal and they'll speak and they'll explain this, that, and the next thing. <clears throat> the linesmen and referees for uh, League One, League Two, they, they'll they'll just have zero conversation whatsoever, and that's actually more infuriating because they just will give a foul and they won't explain themselves, or they'll give a foul but they win a book 
X, but they'll book Y for the very next same thing two minutes later, and they're just in their communication. Um, and they just, as I said, they just have this kind of arrogance and, and aura, and they just think that they're, they're better than they are. Um, but sometimes when you hear the what's going on, it, it's it's quite it's quite uh, eye opening. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, Scott, as well. The free kick, and again, I'm I'm going into that Celtic stereotype. I didn't <laughs> think it was a free kick. Nah, for, no. Yeah, for, again, for, uh, no. again, you're saying that though. After that, you've got to be able to deal with that. But it's not just so round about sore when he gets that. No. Unbelievable, man. Um, but I tell you what. I mean, I'm talking about like, we're talking about the referee of the Celtic game. I well, thing me as well the Motherwell game. The Hibbsway never gave that penalty. Um, in the first eye, oh, it's a <laughs> shoulder in the back. It's not a shoulder charge. Yeah, I mean, you've got that, you've got the Mulgrew incident and all, you know, so that's like three games where like, there's big kings where the referees are getting wrong, and uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if we expect too much or uh, the standards are just getting worse, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what the situation just seems to be every game at the minute. Sorry, we're all football fans, would any of you just like to even try refereeing a game? Not for football? Uh-huh. <laughs> I had thought of it before, before I got to singing, mate. I, I love abuse, yeah, I love abuse. Just I'd love to see you as a ref. <laughs> you'd be good, but you, you'd have banter with them. You'd be like the old referees uh-huh. in the, like, the 80s, where I'm uh-huh. like, that I'm a bit of banter and stuff like that, where I'm in, you're doing that communication. I know Tony, like you like your rugby league and all that, and mm. for sports, would it help? In football, if we did replicate what other sports do, and only the captain speaks to referee. Aye, I think that, that does. I mean, to be fair, you, you tend to really get that um, a lot in football anyway. I think I think the captains do kind of have a role where they, they talk to the referees. I know, for example, again, going with Selig, I mean, Scott Brown used to do a hell of a lot of talking, and I noticed Callum McGregor was doing a lot of talking with the referee um, during the game. And I, I do generally think um, the club captain does. I don't know, maybe. I think something does need to be done, to be honest with you, at, at the minute. What? I'm not 100% sure, if I'm being honest, because th- there just seems to be so many things that are happening. There was this talks a couple of seasons back about doing stuff like a captain's request and all that, and where the captain could say, listen, could you look at this or look at that? Or, I don't agree with that. But I don't know if you could really do that because at the end of the day, it's all about money. Because not every club is going to have the facilities, you know. I mean, to have like video refs and all that kind of thing. And if you're Albion Rovers, then you need to have one of your as a squad. I think running the line. We know Scottish football's <laughs> back. Like we've got referees getting slagged, but not talking about excitement or negativity straight away. And we're getting the randomness of Scottish football where you get like someone running the line from the team. Right. That's, <laughs> that's tremendous, that, yeah. Can't agree that, like. They talk about the English product, mate. See all that stuff that we've got. Can't he beat that? That's got value. Do you know what? I agree 100%. You do not get the same stuff as you get up here. 
as we, as we do in English football. You really don't. I mean, Scottish football's brilliant. It really is. The only thing that lets Scottish football down is the actual football. See if you took everything I don't, else. I don't agree with that. I think oh, football's good. I do. I see. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You've been down south too long. Yes, I, I think that probably if they hadn't got in that 
draw, I, I think honestly, I think that would have uh, changed their season, High Rangers' season, um, because uh, everybody was just expecting them to kind of steamroll. I think, I think bookies were even putting bets on that they were going to go uh, win every game on the unbeaten. Um, I think it was just a bit of a wake up call for them. Yeah, I think they realised that they weren't going to get their own way. Um, but I know it was it was a good day. Um, never seen so many much folk in and Bournemouth as, as you'd expect. Um, big big crowd, but it was good to see so many folk. But um, again, that's when I how you 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 kind of look back at the kind of league cup and getting a, a draw against uh, a, a big team. You get that kind of attendance, um, but you obviously wouldn't get during the season. But no, it was I, the, the Rangers game was was a bit of a kind of. Um, it was kind of you were kind of happy with the point. I guess you probably would have taken a point at the, at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, but the way the game was going, you were kind of gutted at the end, um, and the players were gutted as well. Um, they they kind they, they had it in the bag. Here's one as well. That's just for myself. So the likes of Cove and Kelty, obviously they're like the new kids in the block, getting spoken about ambition and stuff like that. Maybe people forget Peterhead in terms of professional team of all we're in it. What twenty two years? Uh, 2000, it was it was the first season, yeah. So you're still pretty new yourselves. Mm-hmm. Ambition-wise, what do you think the ambitions are? I mean, I suppose I look at the West of Scotland teams just now and I think, what will their ceiling potentially be? Could they one day, some of them, play it? The Premiership? Yeah. Maybe, they could. Some of them. Uh, but... the, the, the way that the, the, the pyramid is opened up, I think you have to kind of think, well, how can I get from here all the way to the, the, the top? I think if you if you looked at Peter Hayden maybe fifteen years ago um, when we were sitting where we're at just now and we were what thirty seconds away from beating Park Thistle and going into the which is now the championship which would have been Division One then yep. um, the talk of going professional would have been there or thereabouts um, going full time now after the sort of years under as was mentioned there about Steve Patterson and then uh, John Sheeran I think. Um, the, the talk of maybe going full-time is maybe still there in the background, but not as much. Obviously, finances and things like that due to COVID and, and other things has, has maybe put that in a back burner as well. But no, the the, the board and, the, and the, the chairman, they did a great job. They still want the, the club to be successful. They still want to be as high as they can. Um, whether or not that they've got the plans to kind of you know, go higher up and, and go into the championship. But at the minute, I think they would quite happily stick with uh, we'll stick with League One. I I suppose you build as well, like because you now obviously you've been back in a couple of seasons. I suppose you need that bit of time, maybe again just to build the squad. If you can, yeah. You never know. Like obviously you've you're maybe no far off the championship. It's a tough league. I think most of us did say on Wednesday that League One looks maybe the hardest to predict this season. It's 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 one of those kind of leagues for you, uh, you. You just throw a dart, and, and that, that's far's going to win it because you, you just you just in a can far's going to win. Um, you look at Falkirk last season; they were they looked as though they were running a while. We had a massive explosion and didn't even qualify for it for the playoffs. So, uh, I I think for 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 period, it's yeah, it's staying in League One. As long as they can stay in League One, then they're they're going to avoid that Club Forty Two position. And nobody wants to be in that because, as you mentioned, the Lowland League, Highland League, West of Scotland and things like that, they've got ambitions and they, they are really pushing. And I think 
in the next sort of five, ten years, you'll see a lot of these teams that are in the SPFL now disappear. Do you know, I think it makes a better argument for opening it further up in the bottom in the League 2 kind of position and League 1 to, to bring many of these kind of teams through to see how their ambitions actually are. I would argue that I, I know that uh, there was a talk of the, the Colts coming in and, and uh, making it uh, four four leagues at, at 12. I would definitely hate four leagues at 12. I wouldn't hate the Colts, but I would definitely hate the, the, the four teams at 12 and just have it as the same kind of structure as they got as, as, the, as the, uh, the Premier League just now. And, and bringing in... Yeah, I would, I would hate the split. I would definitely hate the split um, and have the, the teams for the Highland League, Lowland League... And uh, even below, I even think as well that the Highland League are going to have a league below them as well, um, that are going to be part of the, the the pyramid as well. So you know, potentially, as you were talking about teams in the, the west of Scotland, you could get uh, like a, a, a team for Orkney could potentially be playing in the Premier League. Highly unlikely, but if you've got that um, pyramid that's there for anybody to, to climb up, why not? Hmm. Hundred percent. I, I think you'd end up losing the kind of fear aspect as well, as you're saying there about you didn't want to be the forty second club. Yeah. Like <clears throat> the likes of that, I think you'd, you'd actually progress more players through if you did open it up again. It makes it kind of less boring as well. Yeah. I know. For, for years, and you could probably mention uh, clubs, but there's there's clubs in League Two at the minute that they've been sort of coasting through the years, they know that they've been so far away from relegation. That in fact, there was no relegation until a, a few seasons ago. They, they, could, they could just play a lot, stick a lot, get in their, their sponsors' money, get in there, maybe get a cup uh, money, noon and again, get a, a draw against somebody, and then just take a lot. And that's mm-hmm. where, now that we've got this pyramid, and it seems to be that the, uh, the League One, and uh, so the, the Lowland Leagues and the Highland League teams are gearing up for it. They're they're gonna they're gonna push him, and I think that's why Kelty, and you've seen Cove last season. They're they're gonna come through, and they're gonna go through the leagues quite quick. Mm-hmm. Aye, right. we'll move on uh, to fancy football. You all got your teams in, didn't you? Aye, I did. Aye, I don't know if you're calling. I don't know if you're playing fancy football with the Premiership or not. I'm bothered. I'm I'm near fancy football. I'm afraid. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Aye, diplomatic there. So we, we managed to get 403 <laughs> people in the league, which is a fantastic effort. We're delighted with that. I think last year we had about 80. Uh, mm. How did you both get on first weekend? 54 points for myself. I was kinda, that's above, above average, so we'll take that. Take that for a start. That, that, normally, fall, that normally follows me about anyway, just above average. <laughs> 52. 52, there you go. You're 52. Sort of the same, same boat, aye. Uh, I, I get 83 points. No bad. Right, so yeah. I'm for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think the, I think the top score is 114 in the league, but some folk, the folk that did that are probably use triple captain. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not using chips too early. So no. Daft us. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But on the subject of fancy football, our sponsor, well, main sponsor, Super Nova Terrace Fair. So they've given us a fantastic offer this month. I've got some of the gear that actually I do have a t-shirt on, but I don't know if you can see or not. There you go. Um, so I, I do have the stuff, a few t-shirts, hats and that. For, for the folk that are only listening to this and you can't see the video, <laughs> John, John showed us a t-shirt 
but he never had any trousers on as well. But he, was <laughs> he was advertising Manscaped there as well. <laughs> it's, this is like, uh, like I cover it on like subtitle, uh, like they keep the person in the corner doing the the death <laughs> uh, sign language. But, uh, sign language. Like, you can't see it, so you just describe what's going on. Um, but yeah, they've given us a, a really great offer. So a lot of stuff is like you know football relating stuff like that. You get custom colours and stuff. Um, so this month, for the month of August. Um, off any custom t-shirts that they do, you will get £3 off uh, a t-shirt with a code SFF podcast again, capital letter. So really good offer. He's done some mock-ups. It was really a premiership team to begin with just to get a, an idea shown folk what he can do. But stuff is generally terrific. You can get different designs as well in terms of logos and different things like that and stuff. So really appreciate that offer. And I definitely, guys, get involved. Everyone um, get on the site. Out. So Supernova Terraceware. You'll find them on our Twitter and stuff like that. I follow us Instagram as well. We tweet about them a fair bit um, on that subject. So, yep, that's all good. And we need to do lower league predictions. So, last week finished liable because still in, the only result that was correct was still in Albion winning, but neither got a correct score. So, this week, there's the three of you. So, we're, each of you will take a, a game from each league in terms of League 1, League 2 Championship. So I'll pack the games and I'll see where I'll go in terms of Championship first of all, maybe. Let's see. Go on, you, 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 you guys are the, the, the experts. Oh, you're uh, you're, you've not listened to me last right. season. I tell you, I tell you what, if you see my equipment the weekend, you'd, you'd be saying the opposite for that. I think I've got one right and about ten. <laughs> right, so fixtures at the weekend. It's in Fermlin. Oh, mind you, we had party this last week, didn't we? I think. Oh, no, they've done Fermlin game last week, didn't they? Let's maybe go air, air versus a broth. And thanks, Scott. I'm going to give you that one. Oh, I don't know. Um, Air's just been beat the night. Two and a half for Kelly. I think that's actually the first time we've won it. They're, no, sorry, it's hit Kelly, wasn't it, the night? Oh, um, yeah. One each. There wasn't a draw last week. I'll go with a draw. One each, right, all right. Um, so we'll then go to League One. And if you're calling, this should be your call here in this term. I'm going for the, uh, I would say I potentially the standout fixture might be Queen's Park Cove Rangers. Queen's Park Cove. Okay. Um, I, uh, 2-1 Queen's Park. 2-1 Queen's Park. I, I like how you've went on that, Colin, because uh, Cove couldn't beat a Falkirk team that was isolating for 10 days. <laughs> kind of, something wrong with that, yeah? It did not I put know, you up I, to that. <laughs> um, so Tony I know how much you know about League 2 Aye. enjoy that league it's one of your favourites uh, I think we'll go for Forfar and Edinburgh City <sighs> uh, <laughs> right Going by last season, Edinburgh City had a good season, for what I remember. Yes. 
Right. So, I'm trying to think for Brady's. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I remember Celtic in the 90s seemed to get them. <laughs> we, 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 did, we got them like three years in a trot or something like that, away up at Forfa. I went to two of the games. Um, I'll go I'll go with Edinburgh City to win 2 1. Right, 2 1. Right, all right. So we've got Air versus Labroth, Scots bit 1 0. Queen's Park versus Cove, Collins going for 2 1 Queen's Park. And Forfar versus Edinburgh City, Tony is going for 1 2. So Edinburgh City to win. So we'll see how we go on. At least we're liable just now with Ali. So that's all right. So I'll, get, I'll fire out on Twitter at some point this week. Ali always waits till like Friday because he knows all the players and all that probably and he knows all. Who's in, who's out, and who's not playing. So, I uh, maybe I'll wait. I'll throw my curveball and do them last minute on Saturday. Or something. I'll say you need to be in your, your scores need to be in by Thursday. Or something like that. See if that helps us. Right. For that. Um, so, right. Oh, right. We're going to finish off with celebrity encounters. Because Miguel and oh. me both managed to beat the same person on Saturday. For us, he's a celebrity. I know some folk where I work was like, who on earth is this guy? Yeah, I was like that, to be honest with you. I didn't know who he was. Oh, yeah, no. it took me a wee get, while. Get him out, Sean. Get him out. <laughs> Aye, right. he's, he's away. So you, you got to meet him first. Aye, right. I've actually sat and drunk with the band before, mate, to be honest. I went and seen him in Amsterdam. <laughs> Aye, Any uh, stories you can tell? I've, I've actually got a video I'll send you later, right? Obviously, we've talked about Mark. I hate talking about him all the time because he loves this. Like, they're making it massive. Aye. But uh, as big as it is anyway. But I actually got, I got uh, Kieran for the viewer to send a video trying to tell him that we get to... You know what I mean? <laughs> and he done it. It was brilliant. But I sat in the swallow with them. Like, they're, they're brand new, eh? Good Aye. boys, like. Uh, so for those who don't know what we're talking about, we both met Kyle Faulkner, who... Maybe more folk will know from the view in terms of being in the band, but he now has solo stuff and a couple of albums. So he was doing a record signing all across the country. He covered quite a few places. So he was at Stolen before he was at Saltcoats. Um, and <laughs> so you met, you obviously get your signing right. So my story yeah. is that I was waiting, and as you've told from this podcast, when a couple of times I've got off, the old bladder sometimes I need, a, need to go. So there was an amusement across from the record shop and I thought, right, I'll go in there thinking I'll stick a fiver in the slots and see if I can use the toilet. Not toilet for staff only. So I was like, oh, right, what are we going to do? She goes, there's a book around the corner. So I went, right, I'll go in the bookies, put in a line. I actually put a line on the three teams that we were backed in lower league productions. Um, so I never want any money with that. Comes out the, the bookies and I'm like, oh, a wee bar just up from it that I'd spied earlier. This boy's kind of walking about, start like walking. I was like, you see the hair? Because he's got a big curly hair. Like, Kyle. He goes, ah, you all right? How you doing? He goes, my mate's just in the pub. <laughs> he's in for a piss. I said, oh, that's where I've just been the lad ropes. So he was like, I don't even know where I'm going for this record signing. I directed him to a record signing. Pretty cool. <laughs> he didn't know where he was going. He was just left with his mate obviously around the corner. Because he's probably been told, go around the corner. But in the wee bit that we were at, the street, there's like quite a few wee corners you could go around. So... I had to come round and managed to get my picture taken with him before that he went round to the record shop. And then he burst on, he basically burst on the street because mm-hmm. the shop was too small to be able to play. Um, so I. They'd done that with us. And then I done the, I went and got the sign on that. And I says to him, I says, Where are you off the next, mate? And he went, eh, Not really sure. <laughs> I, think the, I think the place is called Shawcoats. 
I've never really heard of it in my life. <laughs> uh, he says he's going to spend his holiday there. <laughs> Uh, so I felt to me take a half that like <laughs> it was funny though because the bit he was playing at was like a cobbled kind of path right but it's a cobbled kind of bit where folk cars can come down so he's playing at the front sh- the front door of the shop and cars are like going down and most of them were kind of going like who is it and stuff like that yeah. whereas one person like was quite funny they stopped took a wee picture and he was like I thanks for coming to the drive through <laughs> so he had good banter as well uh, I've also been like I've, I've not parted with them but I've been at an after show party and uh a few of theirs and I, they're usually uh, good fun. So, on that subject, Tony, what is your best celebrity encounter? It can be football or it can just be celebrity. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Uh, I've seen... Oh, I'm going to say it's greatest. I always seem... To, this is quite bad, but it's famous. I always seem to meet Daniel O'Donnell. <laughs> oh, mate, he's my hero. Aye, <laughs> oh, every time, like, so uh, where I come from, where my grandfather comes from in Ireland, we always go over every year, and it's in Dunlow, and every year we go over, he's there. Mm. I literally see him every year, and uh, yeah, that that seems to be quite a regular occurrence, which is a bit weird. You know I mean, and um, let's be honest about it, I've not exactly got. A face you could forget. So I don't know if he thinks I'm his like stalker for that time of year every year. Because <laughs> I get my photographs done like a pure tourist. Uh, but the best one I think I told you, John, was um, Twitter when I get um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> I, I got a message off of Jennifer Love Hewitt. It was like one of the high, at three o'clock in the morning. It was like the highlight oh, of my life. Hey, Heart was pounding like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, honestly, it was one of the, the best things ever. Honestly, that's probably about. I can't really think of anyone majorly famous. I've I mean, never had, I've never had a message from Jennifer Love Hewitt. So even though it wasn't a face to face then I don't know, maybe it was. <laughs> but I wish it was face to face. Hi, the women's skate. I saw Pat Clinton at Butlins once. Pat Clinton was Hi. Uh, um, right, okay, I will move on there. They've uh, varied, uh, a varied group there. Uh-huh. Colin, <laughs> let's let's hear your best celebrity encounter that you've had. The only the only way I can really think of it, it might be uh, kind of famous that you guys might have heard of was uh, Louise Redknapp. Oh my god! I was convinced she was going to be my wife. Oh, I bet her. Would you believe you said her with her spoons in Glasgow? <laughs> It was, it was a couple of, it was a couple of years ago she was, she was playing a show I can't remember it was one of the little theatres or something and uh, she came out after our, our tour bus was parked right outside um, I said the, the Crystal Palace or something yeah, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, the, the tour bus was there and, and she came out and I just kind of ran outside and says right I'm going to get a photo and that was it kind of <laughs> <laughs> you kind of turn into a, a, a teenager, oh, can we go? <laughs> <laughs> and run back inside again. 
Did you ask if she would slide into your DMs at three o'clock in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) She sent my message at three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Can I just clarify something here? So it was three o'clock in the morning. Oh, no, you're better off not clarifying. It sounds better if you don't, because the actual game's going to be rubbish. Let's just go to three o'clock in the morning, DM Jennifer Hewitt. I woke her up to tell her about it. What's that? I woke my missus up to tell her. Like a DM, she was the best police, don't get me wrong, but it was, it was a highlight. Mind you, seeing Louise in the flesh would have been better. <laughs> um, other ones that I like, airports are always a good place to meet people. So I was going for a stag doing Belfast, went to get cash, and seen this kind of guy, like another music person, with a big beard, long hair, and he's with his missus, I'm thinking, is it? Is it who I think it is? Never recognise him because he had his top on, uh, Simon from Buffy. Oh, aye. Chatted to him and I was like, is all right, you got a picture. And he was like, that way, you know that way you meet people and you think, you don't know how they'll be. And he was asking me what I was up to at the weekend and all that type of thing. I'm thinking, <laughs> aye, that was decent. And his missus was like, I know what he's getting a picture and all that. Chatted him for a bit. I think he was going to a festival in London. So he was pretty sound. So you're but, uh, talking about airports. I met Rud Van Nistelrooy at Manchester Airport, eh? We just came off a nine-hour flight back from Florida and I swear I, f- I don't know if I'd ever show anybody the photo because my hair's lying off ski with and everything <laughs> but Van Nistelrooy yeah, and he was, up, he was up Real Madrid at the time and you're just looking at him and you're just in awe of the guy like he's, he just is that he's just a big massive striker big shooters and oh as a wee guy I love that but see we're talking about Twitter I don't even want to be oh no I don't want to be this guy because it's quite cool Um See, one night I was sitting in the flat and what I was doing last year was I've gone about recording songs in different locations, but just sort of different background than that. And one of my favourite bands is The Beautiful South. And I was looking at Jackie Abbott on Twitter. She was tweeting away one night and she was, oh, she was ready to come off it. And, oh, she was kind of having a bit of, bit of breakdown. So I sent her one of the videos of me doing a, a One Last Love song and I sent her it. And I says, look, your music cheers me up. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing well, pal. And the next thing, like, it was like about five minutes later, she actually sent me a video of her harmonising with me playing that. It was so wow. surreal, mate. Unbelievable, yeah. yeah. And I just, it was like half 11 at night, and I'm sitting at the back going like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I... Sorry, I just thought I'd drop that in. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good, I right? think we could probably have a podcast <laughs> on celebrity encounters. There's a few others I could mention, but we'll save them for another time. I think. Mm. There's a fit- oh, I might mention the football one. Right, I'll mention it. I'll maybe mention it before in the podcast. So, back in the 90s, the tunnel. I don't know if folk will remember the tunnel. Right. Because the nights used to be a wee regular in there. Vodka Red Bulls in with about £1.50, 20 quid, and you are. It's a good night. So, Joe Miller and Billy Dodge were at the bar. They weren't at Aberdeen anymore. They were, Billy Dodge was selling at Dundee Wright. Can't remember where Joe Miller was at the time. He might even have, I said, I was pretty sure he went to Dundee Wright as well. He might have done. But effectively, I've had a few Red Bull and Vodkas, went up to them, proceeded to tell them obviously how much I used to like them. Went, <laughs> you know, I don't like you. <laughs> Safe to say they didn't want to talk to me for much longer. I don't know why. <laughs> so, hi. That's football one. Glasgow's good for like seeing footballers. I mean, back in the day, I don't, I don't know if you remember. Remember the Cube Aye. nightclub? I, I seen John Hartson in there when he was a Celtic. Um, and it was a Saturday night. And I think Celtic had played Dundee 
in the afternoon, and he was getting absolutely hammered in there. So it was, um, and he was a yeah. trash used to be a popular one for him. Yeah, I don't if you remember trash, but he used to always be in there. I seen Owen, Owen Coyle once. Uh, oh, what was it called now? Across the road for Yates's. Oh, aye, aye. I mean, yeah, up that way. Um, and I seen him in there, and I think he was. Ever seen it? I think he was he was done in England at the time, but he was dead sound. He was dead nice and everything. But you just kind of let them. You see them, you let them do their own thing, don't you? And then watch them from afar, see what they like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I will finish in that positivity, but that was good because sometimes we end up finishing in our negative, but we try mm-hmm. even a high. So, uh, Colin, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, for letting me rant on the uh, League One and League Two. Um, it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's uh, thanks for having me on. It's, it's it's good to kind of vent sometimes. Ah, exactly. Aye, and get the response to Mark and others that were tipping you. <laughs> I'm uh, just stop his predictions right for the weekend now because he's what he's here on that stick. Aye, that's it. On the block, do drop the block. <laughs> and then obviously Tory and Scott, pleasure as always. Cheers, right, cheers. And there's no uh, guess, is it? No, I don't think there's an extra podcast this week. I've just one this week, and then we'll be back next week. Class. Right, cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>